to LOA Today. I'm Walt Jason. With me today is Debbie G of Spirituality Gone Wild. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're still hoping that Neil's going to be able to join us as well, but uh, we'll just have to see. He, he indicated he wanted to be here, so something may be hanging him up. Maybe he shows up in a little while, but we'll just continue onward because we didn't want to wait. We got a great guest joining us today, courtesy of Debbie G, Kirk Nermy. And, and I've been learning a lot about Kirk just in the lead up to the show here today. And this guy, this guy's like, you know, pseudo famous here. This guy has a background that just like, if, if you followed what he was involved with a number of years ago, you know all about it. But for those of you who don't, like me, because I didn't really follow it at all, here's a little bit of, a, of an introduction, which he very kindly just supplied. So Kirk rose to international prominence as the lead counsel for the infamous Jody Arias. The stress of that case brought cancer into his life. Ooh, And with cancer came big changes, a whole new life, a life wherein happiness is his beacon. And with this speaking in view, Kirk has written for the New York Daily News. He's authored eight books and has spoken all around the country. And in October of 2020, he debuted his new one-man show, Overcoming Jody Arias. And Kirk has also appeared on Crime Stories with Nancy Greco. This is like an amazing background here. So first of all, Kirk, thanks for joining us today. It's, it's great to see you and great to meet you. Well, it's it's great to meet you. And it's it's always fun to hang out with Debbie G. She's like a... Bolt of unicorn glitter and caffeine all wrapped <laughs> into one. So, good description. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's very well, good. I, I love this. I got to jump right in. And Kirk is so good to be with you again as well. I want to just throw a couple other accolades that Kirk has under his belt, his belt that is shrinking ever so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. But I I learned to see. I'll let you go and then I'll tell you my secret about my belts. But oh, okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. So one of the things that I love about you, Kirk, is the the transformation that you bring, the hope that you bring, and the inspiration that you are to all of us, and not just through uh the belt that's shrinking but also through your mind your mind your mindful practices your your soul dude you you rock you you have well, got these you. incredible practices that i just love and i want to give a quick shout out to phil stolo who i've known since i was 18 love you yogi and joe Slyker. hello darling y'all know who that is that's my better half and Woo! john stewart from the uk it's so good to see you all right, Kirk, how are you shrieking this belt so much? I mean, seriously, you're killing it. Sure, yeah. One of the things that uh, isn't on my bio because it hasn't come out yet is in January, um, I reached that mark, and I was talking to Walt off the air about my cancer diagnosis we just talked about. That began in 2015, and in 2016, my cancer was declared in remission after the you know six rounds of chemotherapy. But anybody who's dealt, thank you. Anybody who's dealt with cancer would know that you're in remission for five years, and that five-year mark is when you become cancer-free. So 2021 was coming up January, and and um, you know I started performing and doing a bunch of different things, and I, I have a joke in my one-man show that if people believed uh, that I believe Jody Arias' story, that I must have some untapped. Oscar-worthy acting ability. So, <laughs> so give, given the theory that you might have heard is that, you know, the best jokes contain an element of truth, 
uh, I just started to, you know, launch a bit of an, an acting career. And what happened with that, with what flowed from that, if you will, is, you know, these things, when we follow our heart and passion, things flow, right? And one of the things that came into my world was the chance to be a part of a Amazon Prime Fitness reality show, we'll call it, called Radical Body Transformation. And so with that program, I began that because, you know, going back to the cancer, this was like January, February, I really wanted to recapture my health. My body was a lot different. I mean, I gained weight through chemotherapy. I had joint pain after chemotherapy. There was a lot going on with after chemotherapy. And I decided I really wanted to not just lose weight, but capture my fitness. And this just seemed like a perfect program to do that in. And in a way, it was kind of cool because I got to inspire, hopefully inspire other people that are dealing with cancer. Because while I know that there's people out there watching this show that are either waiting to hear whether they have cancer or waiting to hear if a loved one has cancer. And I wanted to give a face to the other side of it, right? Going into it and feeling the loneliness that every cancer patient feels and coming out saying, okay, you're not, you cannot just be in remission. You can be a survivor and maybe you can be in better health than you've been in before. So this program has been really great. I've been in it since, like I say, end of January. So about 10 months now, I've lost over 35 pounds, but it's not just about that, what the scale says. Um, it's about uh, the reformulation of my body. I'm stronger, healthier, uh, feeling more fit than I have in a long time. So it's been a really great experience. And, and I'm looking forward to that coming out next year so I can uh, add it to my bio there. So yeah, that's a great thing to add too. Yes. I mean, yeah. 35 pounds may just be a number, but the way I look at it is that's sort of like the reward for having done the work to make your body better. It's like the indicator, like, oh, look at all that, that I did. Here's the measure of it. But of course, I get all the health benefits. But you know what, Walt, I had a moment uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe not even a couple weeks ago, a week ago, that I had some new headshots taken. Oh, and, okay. and I compared those headshots to headshots I had taken a couple of years ago in preparation for my show and some of the other things I was doing at the time. And the difference really struck me, not in terms of the pounds. I was probably about 50 pounds less in the new pictures than I was in the old pictures because I'd done some other things to mm -hmm. uh, try to lose weight. But I saw a difference in myself that I can only describe as a better connection to myself. Nice. Being, and that to me was the big prize. And I posted those pictures side by side. And, you know, one of them in the heavier picture, I'm actually smiling and everything else. But in the other picture, I was putting on my serious CSI face, right? Because I, I, I said in there, you know, I'm a, I'm a former lawyer dressing like a lawyer so he can pretend to be a lawyer, right? And that's pretty, uh, that's pretty, uh, crazy. But, um, so that was my, you know, CSI face. But, um, but I could tell that connection was there and it was a, it was a really cool feeling. And I think that's the best part of all this transformation is that connection to yourself. And, you know, one of the things when I was on Debbie's show talking about how I believe that the better, care we take of ourselves, the better connected we are to source energy and the better are we able to receive the messages from source energy as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been just a great, um, greatest aspect of that particular journey. And I've gotten some acting jobs as well. So that's good too. I want to pop in. Y'all curious? Y'all curious? Okay. Let's look. 
This is this is this yeah. is uh yeah. That's yeah. me back in October 2020 at Stir Crazy performing my yeah. own that show. I love it. Isn't this great? Yeah. Isn't this great? And ta-da! Yeah, that's the that's the pictures Walt that I was talking about. Before that's and the after, old yeah. headshot and the new and the new headshot on the left there. Wow, huge, really big, huge yeah. inspiration. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Too. I love that. I don't know if a lot of people Debbie. are disappointed that I wasn't wearing the Ninja Turtle Doc Martens, but, <laughs> but you know we'll get there. We'll hey, get back to that. Don't worry. You just I know. I you know. know. That's just the way it is. But Debbie, did, did you see the note from Phil Stella? I don't know if you saw that. Oh, let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. It yeah, says. Because I had the similar thing happen to me uh, and had an epiphany, you know, just decided one day to cut out the carbs, cut out sugar, start studying the food, uh-huh, and doing what they do and don't do. Dropped 75 pounds. Yes, he did. And Debbie can attest to this. Stronger, faster, quicker than I've been. I wish people could see more that it's the food you're eating primarily that plays a part with your body. And I love that, Yogi. Totally. I call him Yogi. I mean, y'all realize I have known this. We. How many of you have friends since you were like 18 that are just like the coolest people in the world still to you in your life? Yeah. I'm so grateful. What a gratitude moment right now. Yeah, you just so I, I sum up yeah. what he says. You just can't out exercise a bad diet. That's true. No, you can't. You've got to change the food. But I'd love for you, Kirk, to really dive deeper into the the mindset and the things that you're doing. How did you keep going when you got when you weren't motivated to go? And, and what do you do? Well, look, I was always motivated to go. I mean, I treated it like a job. Yeah, there's days I'm less motivated than others, but I always treated it. I, I was mindful of the effect I could have on others and the effect I had on myself. And it goes back to something I sent you the other day. I would ask, I call, I, I walk my own walk. You know, when I was on Debbie's show and I even sent her the, the question the other day through Messenger, I, I do. I ask myself, who do I want to be today? Which Such a you good might, question. You might recognize, Walt, uh, you know, you look like a guy who might have had some purple Chuck Taylors in the 80s and uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to some uh, Oingo Boingo there. But, um, you know, and, and it's just a funny little song, but I think it's so, and I write about this in my book, Defend Your Greatness. It's such a great metaphysical, really an, a law of attraction related question because it does contain that question, who do you want to be today? Because it grounds you to that present moment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every day I try to set my vibration before I get out of bed. I try to set a vibration, whether, you know, it's usually around uh, going with the flow or happiness or energy or things like that, right? But when I have those moments, when I'm struggling, and even when I don't, I go back to that question, who do you want to be today? Because, do I want to be the guy that's like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym, so I'm not going to go to the gym? Or do I want to be the guy who's on that way, on the progress towards the, the whatever destination, whatever intention I'm looking to fill? Mm -hmm. And I always want to be the guy that's on the way. So when I'm sore, when I'm feeling like I don't want to go to the gym, who do I want to be today? I want to be the guy that's on the way. Because let's face it, wherever you're going on a transformational journey, you're probably not going to be able to snap your fingers and have it happen instantly. It tends to take some work and the body is no different. And that spirit, 
you know, connection to source energy and everything that I just referenced is also going to take a little work. Now, certain changes can happen at the, at the snap of a finger, sure. but others, others are different, right? And so divesting myself of that attitude with that, who do I want to be today question is great. And if you ask yourself that all the time, like if you say, who do I want to be today? I want to be somebody who's happy. I want to be somebody who's blah, 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 right? That just builds momentum and steam as we can talk about it when we're talking about law of attraction, but that just builds momentum and steam for who we want to be each and every day. Because nobody says, oh, I want to be a guy who taps out and eats Cheetos on the couch. Nobody wants to be that that person, right? So if you ask yourself that question... Well, well honest, some people probably do, to be perfectly some, honest. There are well, going to be some. Well, they might convince themselves that they want to, but mm-hmm. most people that, that come to that conclusion aren't really challenging themselves with that question. Oh, definitely so, not. No. Yeah. They're, in fact, they're not even interested in challenging right. themselves with that question. Right. And, and so, so that may be the case, but in bulk... Most of us don't want to be that. So I ask myself that question every day that I need to, um, that I need that bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw, there's a question from Joe Slecker here. I want to throw it up on the screen if I can here. Uh, Cause he asked about uh, the, the dieting you did. He says, did you, or do you do intermittent, excuse me, intermittent fasting? I do not Joe. Um, I, one of the great things about the, um, program that I've been on with Radical Body Transformation is that it's pretty, it's been pretty simple and straightforward. It doesn't require extreme measures. Now, certainly there are people that do things that are a little more extreme in terms of their diet and everything else. But when I went into this, I wanted to go into this transformation by doing it in a way that I thought most people could do it. Meaning I, I made slight changes to my diet but I didn't change it wholesale. And what that turned out to is like I said that my trainer, I had a coach all through this process. She says, here's how many calories you get to eat. Here's how many grams of protein. Here's how many, uh, you know, grams of carbs, fibers, fat, et cetera, et cetera. And I just fit my diet into those parameters. Mm. And that, that allowed me, you know, one of my books was a weight loss book because I lost uh, over 75 pounds between the trials on my own using calorie restrictions. And one of the theories that I proffered in that book is the reason that a lot of these programs don't work is we're not invested in our, in in it, right? So if we join, if we join a program, right, whatever it is, I'm not going to slam any of them specifically. We join it and it doesn't work for us. We say that program didn't work. I failed. That program didn't work for me. Right. Whereas you, if you're invested, you're into it. You can't, you can't pass the buck, right? So when I started radical body transformation and had this figure, it's like, okay, I'm going to invest in how I do this and do it in a way where I think most people can, um, can, can recreate in their own lives. And that's the way I wanted to go forward. So, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Get that sip there. Yeah, that throat. <clears throat> I don't have a food scale. I don't have anything else. You know, I'm not doing mm-hmm. those kind of things. So, which is probably just as well because you can drive yourself crazy with that. Yeah, thing. you can drive yourself crazy. I know some people do that, but I wanted to do it in a way that was easy to mm-hmm. recreate. So, mm-hmm. 
That's good. So I'm curious. I I, want to two things. One, I love the whole intermittent fasting because what it does, it gets rid of the visceral fat. And that's why I like it. I personally think it's awesome. But I also agree with you, Kirk, because I've done it that way, too, where I'm watching what my intake is. And let's just face it. If your intake's more than your outgo, you're going to get fat. That's about the bottom line. Seriously, you're going to get fat. Yeah, it's math. Yeah, I was 290 pounds 22 years ago, and I'm going to tell you, what goes in, if you're not, and movement, that's the other thing, the movement, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting moving. But, Kirk. Oh, Debbie, you want to get me started on movement? Like moving across (laughs) the street? Like walking across the street? Debbie confessed to me that she's got like a personal trainer. So I'm going to get my ass beat, I swear to God. Yes, (laughs) he is. <laughs> and he's still, and he's still, I still see him working those people. I don't like crazy. Can I tell you what? But I it's, did tell you about my thing. I want to get Joe on my team on this too. So. Joe's, oh, Joe's going to get his ass over there too. We got to get on, <laughs> kick both of our teams. No, 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 no. I'm not just going to own all that by myself. But I will tell you what we did do. <laughs> What I will tell you is that we have the we have the rebounder, you know, the jumpy, the jumpy jumps, the, a, trampoline, a trampoline. Yeah, the jumpy jumps. I call them jumpy jumps. I don't know. Okay, trampoline. The personal okay. trampolines, and we set them up in the garage under a rug, and it's like kind of cool. We've only done it once, but I mean, <laughs> I my dedication. So, so Debbie, I made, you're telling me one time bouncing on the trampoline with your fiance did not make all your fitness dreams come true. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Debbie derailed like this. This is really. <laughs> it takes more than once. Apparently. All right. We've learned a lot about fitness here from Debbie G. <laughs> I heard today that I could. No, somebody said today that you know I just told myself that to lo- to lose the weight and it worked. And I thought I I'm just gonna Kirk. I'm actually curious about this part. Your mind and what we're telling our body and and, and do you like work some Joe Dispenza style stuff going on in here at all? You mean you mean this? Are you proposing the simple idea that I can just sit and think and lose weight? Is that what you're? I mean, no, really. That's what said. That I, mean, is what I mean, I'm not I trying to make fun of you. I'm trying to, you know. Uh, no, really. I Somebody said this earlier that somebody that they knew and they just started seeing their cells shrinking and they started losing weight. I've never personally tried that one. Well, I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I, I certainly wouldn't ascribe to that theory, no. Yeah, probably not, right? I yeah, don't think I mean, because I've tried I've tried sitting and thinking it would go away, but that didn't happen. Because one of the one of the flaws I think of the law of attraction and things like the secret and everything else is just to believe that you don't have to take any action, that all these things will come to you. You have to take inspired action. So no, I don't think you can sit there and lose weight. No. I'm sorry. By, by the way, I, I wanted to take a moment to um, kind of destroy a myth. Okay. The myth is that the secret, the movie The Secret and the book The Secret don't teach you to take inspired action. And it's a myth I believed in until I went back very recently, reviewed it again. Guess what? They tell you to take inspired action. 
So I, I just wanted to kill that myth before it got too okay. far out there. Well, let me let me tell you this way. I think a lot of people see that as as that way, right? That that you they don't do. have to yeah. do anything. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I was speaking to because um, I'm a big believer in inspired action and more than one go around on a, a trampoline to uh, to secure your fitness goals. Yeah, it's kind of like the old story about the the woman who joined the uh, the karate class, um, but. You know, then she found out that she actually had to go to the class in order to get benefits out of it. Yeah, yeah, right. It's <laughs> it's a different. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of one of the things. Like, I can tell you how a treadmill works. I can get you a good design on how a treadmill works. But unless you step I on think. there and use it, it's not going to. Is and yeah. and really, you yeah. know what? Though we go back to the other idea too. Um, the value is in the journey, not in the destination, right? So if if I, if I could snap my fingers, Debbie, and, and take however many pounds off you, you want to lose, I can just do it. Boom. That'd be great. It'd be exciting. It'd be fun, but the value would be in the journey. And the journey I have had to that connection to myself is the real value of something like radical body transformation. And to kind of, you know, pile on top of that. That was awesome. If you just kind of wave that magic wand and, and make, you know, 50 pounds go away. If you don't change the behaviors that put the 50 pounds on in the first place, guess what? They're not going to stay away. (laughs) I mean, this is like one of the most recurrent thing in the entire weight loss industry is weight that comes back. And it gets very little attention. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I want to just bring it. Joe says, if you think, if you think pizza isn't fattening, then it's not fattening. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not true either, but hey, just saying. But I want to, I want to just, I, I think that what you just said is so perfect because it's the value in the journey. It's enjoying the moment in the moment. You know, I just watched this movie called Soul and I keep talking about it. S-O-U-L by Pixar. Have you seen that? Okay. Kirk? I have I've not. Seen that. Yeah. I've seen that one. That's good. Really good. Oh, oh, but because the value is in the journey, just yeah. exactly what you said. And yeah. it is depicted within this movie so well. And it, it really helps you to see that it's not the destination we're after. It's really being here in this moment today, now and appreciating, appreciating the, the, the beautiful flowers that are, that are here and just life, appreciating both of your beautiful faces, just the fact that you're here and you're breathing and you're on here with me. Yeah. But it's that journey. And part of the journey for me is learning about new ways to approach this thing we call food and diet and exercise. And I want to own my block is because I'm, I feel I don't like it it's painful at first i'm just going to be honest it's kind of painful at first and it doesn't really feel good and i i'm such a yeah so that's kind of my my what's thing pain, what's I, painful when i start working out it's like after you know it starts to it's supposed to make you feel all great and, and i'm like it doesn't feel good you, you know what I, I, equate that, I equate that to though is the it's a physical manifestation of your comfort zone right mm-hmm. It's a physical manifestation of your comfort zone. Shit. So when you change what you're doing with your body, the body becomes uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Which is a good thing, actually. That, that, that's a signal. I mean, that, yeah, that's basically that's what it is. That, awesome. that's, that's your body talking to you and saying, hey, pay attention. This is something you need to address because if you don't, you're not going to like the consequences that come out of it. 
So it's mm-hmm. actually good mm-hmm. news when you get that message. And listen, the, the, the side, the side bar to that, if you will, is that, you know, habits, one thing I heard recently, habits are the domain of the ego. And so you're, because the ego thinks that you're comfortable, you're alive, you're doing fine where you're at, don't make any changes. So in essence, you have to retrain your ego because now, Debbie, I'm to the point where if I'm traveling to go speak or act or whatever, and I'm out of the gym for a couple of days, that feels just as uncomfortable in a different way as you when you hit those first couple of days at the gym. Okay. Okay. What you just said is so key for anybody listening right now. Um, please let us know how this is resonating for you and, and sinking in. That was that well, was Phil actually just magic. said something. Let, let's throw up what he said on, uh, throw mm-hmm. it on the screen. He said, moderation is the key to the success. You have to start out slow and take your time and work as your body allows you to do it. I love that. But, but also what I, but you guys, this important part about the comfort zone and thank you, Yogs. I totally agree with you. But also what you just said, comfort zones. Anytime that we're doing something, it's uncomfortable and, and it makes complete sense. Does that make sense for y'all out there? Anybody? procrastinating on doing something because it's uncomfortable. Like I just own that I do. Yeah. And, and I would disagree a little bit with Phil. I mean, I think there's, there's obviously some issues when we talk about physicality, you can't go out there and run 20 miles a, a day and, you know, from going for zero to nothing and expect that to work out. Cause yes, you're going to mm-hmm. injure your body and things like that. But my challenge in that regard is, you still can't stay there. Part of it makes me feel like you're staying in your comfort zone, like moderation and things like that, right? Those to me are limiting beliefs. So, you know, moderation is a great way of, of, of limiting yourself. And so saying, do what I'm capable of and start expanding what I'm capable of. And that's why I think like when we talk about coaching or anything like that in this domain, somebody can help you expand what you think you're capable of. Well, I think it's valid. I think it's an excellent point uh, that applies certainly to people who are looking to make radical changes, make make dramatic changes yeah. in their lives. The thing that I like to remember, though, is that doesn't describe everybody. There are people, and, and I can think of a few in my own life, who don't want to make big changes in their lives. They're, they're very content with making small changes. As long as they feel the growth coming, then they feel like, okay, their life is progressing the way they want to. And you know what? I applaud them for that. Heck, I, yeah. my wife, Yeah, you know, that's exactly how she feels. And, and I, I'm not one to tell her that she's wrong about it or that she can be doing better, or whatever, because that's the way she feels about it. So yeah. And I, th- and I think it's a difference between evolution and transformation. I think there's a big, there's a big difference. And I think what you're talking about, Walt, is evolution. And there's no, there's no denying any of that, the validity of any yeah. of that. But when we're talking about big changes, then there has exactly. to be a difference, right? There, you've got to pick up the shovel, right? And if you're one yeah, of the people yeah, who wants to make true. a big change, then then now you know what the gauntlet is that's been thrown down yeah. for you. Yes. You can't just I know do, this is true. You can't do a halfway measure and expect a full way result, I guess, is what the problem yeah. is. There. Yeah. That's exactly mm. it. I, and I love this. And the reason I do is because when I'm thinking back to when I was 290 pounds and I'm thinking about the extreme things that I had to step into and do and just start absolutely. Oh, I mean, I just stepped into it. It was it. Uncom- oh, my God. It was really uncomfortable to lose 150 pounds. 
Sure. Yeah. It was really super uncomfortable for, oh, let me tell you, want to talk about pain. You know what? I started, I'll never forget it. Rodney, you yoga. I'm sitting in the, the living room. My children are young. This is a long time ago. And they look at me. They're laughing so hard, these two boys, because they can't stand it, because they say I look like a sumo wrestler. And they're right. I love that. I probably did. But I remember that exact thing right there. It, you, you know, I had to be willing to go beyond what was comfortable. Mm-hmm. beyond what what and and so you're just this is such a precious uh day today what a really great reminder that maybe we're limiting ourselves we're not when we're not willing to push back or to push and keep going forward even when it gets a little uncomfortable that's beautiful i love that and again i think that comes down to what is it that you want This is ostensibly about the law of attraction. Who do you want to be today? Yeah, that's part of it. But but ultimately, ultimately, and this is something we've been playing with lately, LOA can stand for a lot of things that basically expanded well beyond this whole idea of a law of attraction. I mean, it could be life of abundance. It could be (laughs) little orphan Annie. It could be all kinds of stuff. But the point is, it's a lot broader than just this law of attraction thing. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, just like we don't wake up in the morning and say, well, you know, today I'm going to apply the law of gravity to make sure that I keep my feet on the ground and I keep <clears> the <throat> balance. No, no, it's not the way we think about stuff. I'm just going to go live my life. I'm going to int- make yeah. my intentions and do my stuff and all that kind of thing. And and I'm advocating the idea that we want to do the same thing with, with LOA, with the law of attraction. We want to think beyond that. And that's what I'm loving about this conversation. We are thinking beyond that. We're taking it to the next level. How am I going to live my life? So along long-winded way of getting around to the point that I was originally making is what is it that you want in life? Once you know what you want, it's actually pretty easy to figure out how to get there. I would put out there the idea that a lot of people haven't been able to figure out what they want from their lives. Because until you can define what you really want, you can't get it. Mm. And until you, until you, until you, well, until you actually can, can, can it, how many people that you know who are, uh, perhaps on the fence about what we're talking about here. We're talking about taking that concerted effort, going outside the comfort zone and so forth. How many of the people who are on that fence do you think have a really clear idea of where they want to be? Because I'm willing to su- suggest the idea that they aren't as clear as you think they are. Well, here's what I would suggest. So I think they clearly want to know how they want to feel. Yes, I agree with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to connect to that feeling. Yes. And the object or the career path, or whatever it is, they don't understand that there's a feeling behind that that they really want to connect to. And that those are one of those things, like we talked about earlier, that can happen like that. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So the real challenge here is really stretching the imagination, learning to apply that imagination and really put together in as much detail as you can this is where I want to be. This is what I want to feel. This is what I want to experience as as clearly as we can. I would disagree in the sense that I would say it doesn't require an expansion of the imagination. It requires a decluttering of the things that are blocking you from your imagination. Okay. Because we had it, we had an imagination when we were five or six, right? Well, especially, Uh, you know, those people that are a little older and didn't have video games to, to you know, to play with. We had the Legos. We had the blocks. We had, <laughs> we had to pretend a little bit, right? We had yeah. that imagination. That stuff was all there. We had those, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to be when you grow up? We had all these fanciful ideas and everything like that, right? And 
the what I call the demon of practicality comes back over our head and swats us upside the head and say, you're supposed to do this. You need to join the family business. You're supposed to do that and that and other thing. And then we're, in essence, taught to disconnect from our imaginations. Exactly. So w- what we've really got to do, what I really believe, and I talk about this in Defend Your Greatness, the basic principle of Defend Your Greatness is we are born great. We are born with, for a certain reason, a capacity to do that, to bring something to the planet. And it is the demon of practicality that is more often than not taught to us by well-meaning elders that teaches how the world is supposed to function, how life is supposed to be, right, you know? And we hear these phrases like, you know, life sucks, then you die, that kind of thing, right? And those become (laughs) part of the zeitgeist. And we believe those because so many people are telling us things of that nature, whether they're saying it in that way or not. And then that imagination, that hope, that contact, that's why I talk about our contact with source energy. We divest ourselves from that because we're told we need to chase this demon of practicality. And that once we arrive at that destination, that certain point, typically it's an economic point or a a, a career, which I call a transitory identity, that happiness is supposed to follow. The problem is we we put the cart before the horse and we stand there when we've reached this destination, this point in our lives where the happiness is supposed to arrive. And we're like a dog waiting for the mailman for the happiness to arrive. And it never freaking shows up. That's right. And we were sold a false promise. So if we reconnect to our imagination then I think that when we can declutter all the crap, all the demon and practicality crap, and a certain amount of it has to be honored, right? we got bills to pay, got to keep the lights on, et cetera, et cetera. Got to feed the kids. I don't have kids, but I think you're supposed to feed them and stuff like that. Right? <laughs> they, they it's helpful. It. <laughs> it's really helpful. It helps. Okay. I've heard mine a lot. All right. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, but, but, but you get my point. So, but but that that practicality becomes limiting, right? And mm-hmm. so many people, when we were talking before I started, like that that shift I had, I know so many lawyers that are just running out the clock, right? I mean, I got a buddy of mine now who is an attorney. He's like nine more years of this stuff. He says naughty words, but nine more years of this stuff. <laughs> I think why are you living your life just running down the clock, waiting for this moment to be happy? And it may or may not arrive. I had a buddy who did the same thing. He was an engineer. He's got big plans. He's got the little cubicle and he's got the retirement clock. His retirement lasted no more than six months because he was killed in a motorcycle accident. So he was waiting for this moment of bliss to arrive, right? And we're told, I was thinking about this the other day, we're told when we're young and we're graduating high school, this is going to be the best time of your life. Then it's going to suck until you're 65. Then you get to have some more. Then you're going to get to have some more fun. What a bunch of hooey. And so I think if we we reconnect to our imagination, then we start to realize there's a bunch of hooey. It's interesting, too, because I think it's more than just, obviously, the kind of story you told is the one that kind of gets our attention. The guy dies six months in and all that. Yeah. But but it's almost actually worse for somebody who lives a long life, but they still never get the happiness because it turns out the happiness never shows up. Yeah. It, it can't show up until you decide to become happy. But they and don't guess tell what? you that part. Yeah, but you can do that today. That's one of those changes exactly. you can do today, right now. Exactly. Yes, you can do it right this second. Right freaking I love, now. Well, both of you are on point with this. 
See, and, and that, that, that movie, that's what this is about. It's about he waits his whole life and to play with this, you know, to, to, he's a musician and he waits his whole life to be this thing, right? To get on stage and do this thing. Yeah. And he has to face death and then realize through that facing of, of his mortality and then getting the gig, doing the gig and then stepping back and going, wait, is that it? And then realizing as he reflects back that all the moments are in the small things. And then he decides, what am I going to do? I'm going to live my life. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually live it. And living our life, what does that mean to you? Choose to get happy now. Yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> come on. Yeah, but don't work. I mean, Kirk, Kirk knows, uh, Kirk, you know, um, uh, Kyle Cease. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle rips it up when it comes to the Yabbits, you know, and one of the the things I know is that the choice to be happy with right now is simply that. What's a tool that you've used, Kirk, to get happy now, to to be okay in the now when you for like you're not okay in the now and you've got to get okay in the now? Well, I mean, it goes back to. You know, who do I want to be? Do I want to be miserable today or do I want to be happy? I mean, you're going to hear me say that question a whole bunch of times, but it's that powerful to me because do I want to be miserable? Do I want to spend the day being miserable like this? No, no, I don't. So why would I? And typically there are reasons, you know, whatever we're not happy about, there are reasons to be happy. I mean, I think one of the things and maybe, Debbie, this is what you're referring to. I have a gratitude buddy. Her and I text each other every morning with three things we're grateful for. Nice. I like that practice. And it helps a little bit of accountability to it because you have somebody else. So one person forgets, the other person will text, and then you go, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, right? And so that's one of those things. And the other little thing I think that I – think about is get to versus have to. So many people think I have to go to work. Okay. That may be true on some level, but you get, think about the things you get out of your job, meaning the electric, you pay for the electricity, that food you have to feed your kids. We just talked about all those sort of things. You get to go to work. So you get that paycheck. Now it may not be your ultimate destination. I'm not saying you got to be happy with the job that you hate, but you get to draw all these benefits from it and that you can be grateful for and that then you can get into a happier mindset right away. And that has some very important benefits along with it too, because once you get into that happier mindset, that's when the job can change. That's when it can start evolving in the direction you really want it to go. Well, the reason it can't change is because you haven't gotten into that space in the first place. You got to change or that's how, in your yeah, head. Or that's how you can evolve either in the job or away from the job. Well, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. obviously now, you, y'all are just sparking. My, this is called spark the G vibe. Okay. So you guys, <laughs> it's the gratitude vibration, just the law of appreciation. You know, they talk about the law of, of attraction, but the law of appreciation, and that's exactly what you're talking about. You guys, because when you get into your day and you start appreciating the, the, the water that comes out of your sink. Did y'all know? Cause I see you, Susan, right there talking about depression. And I'm going to tell you right now what Kirk just said, what we've been talking about. Some of these tools may very well help you if you put them into action. 
But if you ever stop to think about the water that comes out of your sink, how did it get there? Somebody out there busted their ass and put these pipes in. Somebody once first had it in their imagination. Mm-hmm. Can we just get appreciative over the water that comes out of our sink? And if you touch it, it's very soft. Mm-hmm. Got to love water, you know. But- yeah, but, I mean, you can you can go deeper than that. You can be appreciate for for breathing. You can be appreciate for being alive. You can, I mean, take it. You know, take because it. that right there is all those things. You can sit there and say, "Oh, water doesn't mean it." You know, yeah, it does. And um, you just have to be willing to accept it too. Like you say, Debbie, a lot of people wouldn't think about the water in their their sink, right? Um, this comes out of their sink, but how much they can do with it. But even if it's just our breath, you know, so there's so much there's so much to be grateful for out there that you, you know, it's easy to find three things every morning. Even I just look around and even if it's just my dog's still alive, I my marriage, you know, my, you know, my breath, the fact that I've got cereal to eat in the morning or whatever I'm eating in the morning. Right. So all those things, there's so many reasons to be grateful and that appreciation can start moving us more towards our bliss and our greatness. I think this is a good time to bring in the concept of the habit as well, because when we're not in a happy place, which basically means we're unhappy, we're angry, we're depressed, we're irritated, whatever it might be, we are focusing on that on a regular basis and it has become habitual. If we want to start changing that habit, which we have the capability of doing, I mean, our, our brains yeah. are, you know, they're, they're very pliable. We can, we can make changes like that, but it's not necessarily a change that's going to happen instantly. So we have to become kind of dedicated on a daily basis, on an hour, sometimes hour to hour, minute by minute basis. I'm going to reprogram, reprogram, reprogram by focusing on three gratitudes, by focusing on well, the fact that I love the water and where it came from and who, you know, whatever it is we can focus on to make that shift. But the point is, it is a change in habit, and habits can only change by making the new habit. You can't just eliminate a habit and make it go away. You have to replace it with something, and you got to replace it with something that actually serves you. So I want to bring that in. Well, I think it does take it does take vigilance, um, Walt, to to take to take your point because you know there's no you know like you can't just lose weight for a while and then then that's it then you're done for good right it just doesn't work that way in the same way debbie can't just jump on her trampoline for five minutes one time and become skinny it doesn't work (laughs) that way so it does take constant vigilance but when you start expanding your awareness towards these things i think you can stop that ball that negative ball rolling and that's what i'll try to do right so if I'm getting down, I just jump off those train tracks, right? And, and think about those things. So like, if you say somebody's got those bad habits and what I think about what I said before, habits are the domain of the ego because they feel like they keep you safe. And if you think about that, that's so true because the ego tries to keep you safe and those habits try to keep you safe. So those negative habits, you're alive, you've got food, water, and everything else, the ego doesn't seem any need for change towards this happiness stuff. I don't need this stuff. <laughs> I don't need this happiness. We're alive here, right? And, you know, having practiced law for so long in criminal defense, all of it in criminal defense, I saw that, you know, the ego at work in that regard because 
you know, so many people go to prison and go back because it's their comfort zone and everything's taken care of for them right there, right? And people think that's nuts, but to some extent, we become a prisoners of our own ego out at happy hour every Friday getting drunk because that's how we're dealing with our unhappiness. We can become prisoners of our own mind and our own habits because of the ego. So if we jump off that train right away with constant vigilance, even if it's three things you're grateful for, like if you're starting to get negative, you can go, you don't have to text anybody. You can go, I'm grateful for my TV. I'm grateful for that. I've got air conditioning. I'm grateful that I have food, whatever it is. I'm, I'm grateful for my breath, water, whatever it is, all that stuff. You can start jumping off that train and start taking those negative habits away. And then it also goes back to that question. Who do you want to be today? Do you want to be somebody who's miserable? Maybe there's days you do. Okay. Maybe there's days you need to cry it out. You need to have a breakthrough, those type of things, right? A release. You can start healing through your tears. Maybe you need to do that. Right. But the, the real point of fact is you can jump off that train right away and start retraining yourself because jumping off that train track, eventually the ego will be forced to go with you. Now, Susan also mentioned a very interesting point that I want to throw up on screen. She says, well, sometimes depression happens. You're not catching it fast enough, which is true. That can happen. The thing is, we don't have to be stopped there. Let's talk about why you don't have to be stopped there. Yeah, you know, Susan, I, I don't, I, I don't pretend to be a, a psychologist. I've, you know, worked with psychologists before and I remember the time in my life and I wasn't diagnosed with clinical depression, but I think back I was depressed. I, you know, after the Arias trial, I had my name thrown through the mud on a worldwide stage for two and a half years, right? Mm -hmm. And my reputation as a lawyer was crap. And my reputation as a human being was crap. And all those things kind of pounded on me. And then I had this cancer diagnosis. And I started questioning, legitimately questioning to myself. I didn't share this with my wife or anything else, whether or not I wanted to go through chemotherapy, knowing you know, most people say, why wouldn't you do it? No, I knew what chemotherapy was going to do to my body. And sure. I wondered if the life that I would live post-chemotherapy was a life worth saving, knowing that this would be suicide by cancer, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Just letting it go and letting it take its course and, and departing the planet because of what I've been through. And, you know, looking back, I think there's a, a modicum of depression with that, right? And like I say, without being diagnosed or anything to that nature. But I started feeling like there was a greater purpose, that there was a different purpose, that there was a new purpose. So what helped me go on and get past that suicide by cancer was the idea that there was something else out there for me. And a promise to myself that I, I admit I broke it when I got done with chemotherapy, but only for a very short time. Because I got a great reminder how uninspired I was by the practice of law. My promise was I wasn't going to live my remaining days should I beat cancer in the way I had my prior days. And typically that focused around my career. Hmm. And so I, and after I got through chemotherapy, I, I took a couple cases. I was very uninspired by it. And I realized I needed to, to move on. I needed to cut that cord, if you will. But uh, along the way, and, and I hope this helps Susan too, is I started thinking about Something called something I confronted myself with was the question of, are you happy? And I say confronted because allowing my, because it's easy to say, yeah, I'm happy and just move on. 
because that doesn't mean change. But if you confront yourself with that question and you start breaking it down to areas in your life, and I would, I would offer, invite Susan the opportunity to do this, to start looking at those areas where she is and where she isn't happy. And then you can start focusing on the areas that you are happy and start building on those and start pulling yourself out of that depressive state. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because it is a, a transitional process that goes on. It's not, it's not an all or nothing. People often think it's an all or nothing. It's not. It's transitional, but it's a transitional that you have to take that inspired action on. You actually have to follow through on it. And, and you're not, and you're not depressed. Like people, you know, so many times, and I've said this to Debbie, so many times we feel like Whatever we're going through now is a permanent state of affairs. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not, it never, almost ever is. It's always transitory. Everything about us is transitory. Our careers, maybe our, our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, even, right? They're all transitory and as are our feelings and feelings are meant to be felt. And so when she starts working on feeling those feelings, both what's good and bad, I think they're going to start to flow through a person. And I think that that helps a lot. And it helped me, like I said, I'm not no psychologist, but I think it helped me to experience those feelings and and start processing them and letting them leave as opposed to stay internal in my body. So Neil Positivity is in the house. We just have to acknowledge him. Hey, you made it, Neil. Good to see you. How you doing, guy? Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry for being so late. Hi, Kirk. Nice. Hi. How are you? Good, good. I had a, a, a meeting at 2.30, and I'm thinking I'm good. I'm like, all right, yeah, it's a huge meeting. And it was 2.30, her time, which is Texas time, which ran into, so it was like a scramble <laughs> for me out there. Meeting. Huge meeting. Uh, basically, I think I just started a, a oh, with my son. I think I just started a, a practice where, well, basically, I had a dentist office that I'll go and speak with once to everybody and then two sessions a month to each of their employees. But there's seven offices, which means I need more law of attraction minded people speaking up to uh, teach these people the law of attraction and the, and the benefits of it. So, Walton Debbie, if you guys are looking to make a couple extra dollars, <laughs> All right. people in the dentist office, dentistry is the Highest depression and suicide rate of any profession. Editorial comment from his son, by the way. I mean, that, that's the kind of show, that's the kind of note you, you uh, end a show on, isn't it? You just, you know, yeah, well, if you could, if you could isolate that sound effect and just, you know, end every show with it, that would be great. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what happens when you're a stay-at-home parent. No, but that's what happens when you tap into your joy. Yeah. That's what happens when you tap into your bliss. Can we get a... From yeah. everybody, please. I mean, for real. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, that whole thing just happened. You guys were the first two people I thought of. I said, okay, well, if there's too many people for me to handle, <laughs> which is going to be immediately, because you got to think, a dentist office with 12 employees each get two sessions plus the first. That's 25 hours uh, a month worth of work. You guys know I don't work that much. <laughs> like, no. Well, so you I'm know, I'm definitely going to be handing these offices off to you guys. And You know, um, Neil, I, I got to tell you, though, uh, the the bright side of that is, you know, I'm someone I was a lawyer for 
over a dozen years. And there's so many unhappy lawyers out there. Oh. But there's and I, and I coach lawyers. I've I've got some some clients now who are lawyers. But it's amazing how few are willing to connect to their their angst, connect to their depression and everything like that. So the bright side of that is I applaud all your dentists for doing that because so many people in the legal community are just so convinced that their misery is just going to be a constant until they retire. We've been talking about that a little bit. So really, it's such it's such heartening news to hear that dentists are, are looking to uh, move beyond their their pain. Absolutely. It's a lot. Plus, they like they spend like thirty thousand dollars a year educating each of their employees. So to lose them to another dentist office, yeah, just leaving the dentistry industry completely would be such a shame. So yeah, I've been an avid uh, advocate of that for a little bit now, and uh, yeah, that meeting was crazy. So be ready for that, you guys. That's that's up next. All right, that is well, seriously awesome. We're four aren't. That's for sure. Oh, by the way, JB was asking, how do you reach out to Neil Positivity? It's right on the screen there, neilpositivity.com. That's where you go. It's the easy way to reach him. Send me a message. I'll, I'll get it together. And if you guys ever want to go live, let me know. There's a link where you could just schedule it, and we'll go live and talk about Love Traction, 10, 15 minutes, any random afternoon. I need my fix. I didn't get my fix this week because I was late, but, you know, <laughs> I need my fix, my daily Law of Attraction dose. So it looks, yeah. like, looks like JV wants to help out. He, he says, uh, I would love to help teach people about LOA. So you got yourself another candidate there. There you go. NeosLOASummit.com. Go to that website. That's the landing page for the summit. I want to see everybody there. Beautiful, November beautiful. 20th. All right. Kurt, so, you're there too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I want to go back, though, to what we were talking about with Kurt, because this is a, a really important thing that we were talking about. We were talking about... Um, well, first of all, the habits that we get into, but also the fact that they can be treated as transitional. And I want to really turn to that point for a second because I loved what you said. I loved how you really emphasized that life isn't a static thing, that we're not locked into something and that we need to understand that. But it's not always easy to see, particularly if we're in that depressed state. I mean, when you're in that depressed state, you can't really see anything except the fact that you're so depressed. So I'm kind of curious when you were there, because you've been there, you were in that place when you were dealing with you know, the aftermath of the case and the cancer and so forth. How did you break through? What, what made it easy for you to say, I am going to leave this state? There, there was no tangibility to it, which is one of the things I think, you know, that we're always, when we talked earlier about that demon of practicality that separates us from our imagination sometimes, right? We have this inability to connect to our feelings sometimes, right? Because it's supposed to be tangible. It's supposed to be this. It's supposed to be that. There has to be another path. So when I was at that state, and I remember it, you know, it was uh, October in, in Phoenix. It's when it starts to cool down. I'm out for a run. And I'm really thinking about this. And I just kept feeling that there was a bigger purpose. There was a different purpose to my life and that I needed to go in that chemo chair, not so I could be a lawyer for another, you know, 10 years, 15 years, and then retire, but so that I could start living life in a different way. And I, there was no definition to it, right? So that became consistent with that promise I talked about, that I wasn't going to live my remaining years the way I had my prior years. So that became that became the drive without any real definition. It wasn't like, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. It was about 
you know, following my heart. And when I came out and had issues with the, the state bar and I made, you know, I don't feel like I did anything wrong, but I asked for voluntary disbarment, not because I felt like I didn't do anything wrong, because I felt like that the, that new purpose I needed to detach completely from my own life so I could in fully embrace the new. So I did some, we were talking about Kyle Cease earlier. Ultimately, I asked for disbarment. That was awesome. It felt great. It happened in November of 2016. And it was like an, uh, a, a heck yes moment, right? Yeah. And, and so, and then ultimately, one of the things I did, and, and this, like I said, this goes back to something I learned from Kyle Cease, but I took my certificate of admissions to the state bar of Arizona. And this is something, the kind of thing, while we were talking off the air, that I had wanted to be a lawyer since I was five or six years old. Great. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I went out into my backyard in, in November, some point in time, and I took it out of its frame, you know, like we always do. We put it in these big fancy frames so so our ego can feel the prestige and we can share it with others, right? And uh, the faux prestige, I'm going to, I should put that in quotes there. Um, and I burned it mm, and I wow. set it on fire and I watched it burn. And I didn't How did that feel? It. it felt awesome. Yeah. It felt awesome. It felt healing. It felt awesome. It felt transitory. Wow. It was the, the fact that the old life and, and I think Debbie, when I was on her show, whoop, we lost Neil. Uh-oh, he must have been, bo- he must have been bored with what I said, but, um, <laughs> we're not we, bored. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, it was a transitory moment. It was, it was a change moment. And Debbie, I think it asked me, I think it was on Debbie's show. If she asked me if I filmed it, and I said, no, I didn't because I wanted to experience it. And so many times we see life through the filter of a phone when we're filming events instead of fully experiencing them. So I took some pictures after at the ashes, but I just sat there and watched it burn and realized that that part of my life was over. And I can't say that it's been like some kind of smooth sailing since that point in time. But um, at the same time, it's been a joyful journey. You know, I mean, some of those, some of those practicality things, like I was making good money as a lawyer, you know, you have the prestige of it all, but but I'm having fun. Now I'm having way more fun. I mean, complete control of my schedule. Things are happening that I never, like I said, I never thought I'd be an actor. I never thought I'd be on a reality show. I got to, in August, I got to go to Dallas and play the role of a senator. You know, I've got some other roles, come, other roles coming up, uh, you know, in the future. And and I'm doing things like this, the things that I never thought I would do. I do doing commentary on court TV. I was on there three hours yesterday because nice. it's, wow. fr- it's freaking fun. That's the best. And that's reason. it. And I and can see it with you as senator, by the way. I mean, you, you fit the profile. It's perfect. Totally. You know, I, 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 yeah. I, from Walt, I will take that as a compliment, but most people's, uh, <laughs> version of senators isn't, that would be, that could be seen as derogatory, Walt. Yeah, that's so, true. You're right. Knowing yeah, you a little bit now, I know it was, it was all in, in, in set in love, but, uh, yeah, so. Well, I mean, there was a time years and years ago where U.S. senator was an esteemed position. Yes. Today, you're right. It's not quite that same yes. um, sense of esteem, but there was a time where it was actually considered a very, yes. very good thing. So that's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yes. But anyway, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your oh, story. Cool. What a great story. Really, really oh, good. Oh, you, you bet. You bet. I mean, thank so you both for you. having me. It's, we got to, we got to refer everybody to where to find out more about it. It's kirknermy.com, K-I-R-K, 
excuse me, K-I-R-K-N-U-R-M-I dot com is the place to find out more about what he's doing and what's my, going on so my forth. Books, my coaching, all that stuff. I do inspirational messages through my fan park, which is kind of like a cameo. So, you know. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. So it makes it it's a fun, fun thing. So allows me to connect with people in all different worlds. So and thank you, Debbie, for bringing him here, bringing him onto the show. You're responsible there, girl. Thank you so much. I certainly am. Well, I, that's why when you got on earlier, I said, just, you're, you're welcome. That's you're welcome. Okay. Got you're it. welcome. All right. I was just, yeah. I was setting the precedence because, uh, Kirk, you're one of my favorite people out there. Oh, I look forward to meeting you. you in person and just thank you again for, for being here and being present and bringing your inspiration and light. You know, I hope everybody has really got what they needed today out of this message because it was huge. So if you are just joining us, go back, listen to the replay. Kirk, thank you. And, and Wonderful. Walt, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Debbie. And, and, you know, how can you not love Debbie G? I mean, come on. Uh, no kidding. No kidding. But, you know, what, she's, she says she's anxious to meet me, but I might have to put her through a workout. I might have to take her. <laughs> <laughs> she said she's coming to Arizona. <laughs> and and um, Joe, Joe can film it if he's not laughing too hard to hold the camera, to hold the camera steady. Uh, That'll be on the next LOA today. It'll just be Debbie G's workout. Just we'll just hey, we pop it that. up there. Yeah. We'll put some flash no dance pressure. music behind it and everything, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's a no maniac, all, maniac. Maniac. If Joe's right. still watching, if Joe's still watching, he he's he's probably already creating some ideas. So are you kidding? He's probably gonna produce the thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's punching up the background music. He's Absolutely. got some ideas. He, he's, he's, he's getting on the phone right now to find the money for it. I mean, it's that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Well, my we appreciate you being on. Thank you to all of our live stream listeners, especially thank you to thank podcast you. listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.